Hey, it's Buck here today with my good friend and vice president of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group, Stacy Ellis. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Buck. So how are things at Jim Ellis Automotive these days? Things are good. I mean, of course, we're still adjusting to the loss of my dad, who was running the business, and my grandparents, who founded the company, but we're finding our way. Stacy, I can't imagine that, that kind of loss in such a short period of time, let alone the impact on the business. Fortunately, we surrounded ourselves with a great team, so that really helps us a lot. Now, any truth to the rumors about Jim Ellis being sold? (laughs) We have no plans to sell the business. If anything, we're looking to grow. In addition to some new facilities, we're going to focus on what's worked in the past, making car buying quick, easy, and convenient. Well, speaking from experience, Stacy, I couldn't be happier with my recent purchase from Jim Ellis. That's great. Our motto is expect the best. Visit JimEllis.com. All the information you need is just a click away. Doesn't get any easier than that. Find your next vehicle at Jim Ellis Automotive. I sense the presence of a greater evil. Check, check, one, two. Okay, is it recording? Good. Welcome to your reckoning, baby! Hey, Scotty, what's up? I'm coming back. Oh, got a toot. Hold on. The audio fun bag is brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. And now, we kick it. Why are you so paranoid? I'm sure we're rolling. And if not, we just do the damn thing again. That's the cool thing about a podcast. We've made the mistake in the past, though, haven't we? Yeah, that was well, our no, best. That was, that was Matt's fault. That was our best segment ever, when Matt had no audio coming through. Yeah, it was just you and I talking and nothing from Matt. Chapter 67 of the Audio Fun Bag podcast, all brought to you by Norman's Electronics, NEIUSA.com, for all of your audio and video vintage needs. And... Hard Ice Vodka Freezies, which are available in the battery over at Good Games. And so hard. I did see them. They had like the entire row of Hard Ice Vodka Freezies at my local store because it's getting like lake time, lake weather. So now everybody goes out to the lake by making sure they get their their freezies. I don't trust water. Is that bad of me? I don't trust lakes. I don't trust oceans. I don't like lakes. Okay, so you're against lakes too. Cool. Yeah, because you don't know what's underneath the water. Well, you don't know what's under the ocean. I have a better idea because I can see... At least when I go to Port St. Joe. That's not true, because a mile away, if you pick a scab and you start bleeding, a shark can come in and you'll never see it. Sure. But at least as I, let's say, fall out of a boat into the bay, I know I'm not going to, like, get entangled in a tree. Okay, let me counter your argument, though. In a lake, I would say I can't think of anything that actually wants to eat you, but there are very few things that want to eat you. In the ocean? There's a lot of stuff, yeah. I would say about 40% of the things in the ocean want to eat you, like... Not they can eat you. Like a, like the 200-pound or an 800-pound catfish in Lanier, that could eat you. I don't think it wants to. Things in the ocean want to eat you. But, That's a difference. But there is something cool about, aren't you kind of living a little if like something takes a nibble on you? No, that's why I don't go in the... When I, it's, whenever, like, it's like, oh, it tried to take a piece out of me. Like, that that crab got me. Whenever we go to the beach, I'm not an ocean guy. I don't want to go in the ocean. I want to lay on the sand and build the sandcastle and play bocce. And I want to go in the pool, because that's how we live. You know, we got the pool attached to the house. Yes, of course we do. I, always, I, I have a neighborhood pool. I'm a pumper. I always found it so <laughs> dumb. I'm like, who the hell wants a pool when you have the beach right there? And then I was like, nah... The ocean sucks, dog, and things are trying to eat me. I want nothing to do with that. I'm there in two weeks. You've been there. You know it's quiet and it's fun, so I'm going back. I just found out, though, that my in-laws have attached themselves to this trip. They attach themselves to every trip. But and they don't even like you, by the way. It's because you have grandkids. Yeah, that's it. That's fine. I'm cool with that. 
Like my, my father-in-law and I get along, and then my mother-in-law is just the person who I kind of like tolerate. No, she actually, you don't like her. She doesn't like you, which is fine. You just gave her grandkids, yeah. and so she's forced yeah, to so like she's you for forced. 18 years. Listen, I just don't put up with her bullshit. Like everybody else does. <laughs> they just like, oh, that's just Janice. I'm like, I don't tolerate that stuff because I don't have time. Damn it, you cussed again. Now we're not going to be on Podcast Park on Saturday. Man. We're never going to be on Saturdays. You know what kind of a surprise it must be to the audience that it's normal? It's my fault in comparison to like, who do you think would curse more on the podcast that they got they can't put it on the air? Oh, that's definitely going to be Hoyt. It was my one goal was to be on Podcast Park this week. I was listening on Saturday. They played three, three different segments of Buck interviewing somebody for the 50th time. And then they played, apparently BJ does a podcast with Adam Baum. So BJ and Adam Baum are on the air on 680 on Saturdays and Sundays. And because you keep saying bullshit and things like that over and over again, we have to mark explicit and we'll never be on the air. What if I beep it? No, you've already ruined episode 67. In fact, you know what? Take us out. We may not even be rolling, actually. Take us out. It's entirely a possibility. Podcast is over. On then, to 68. Then we'll start over on the next one. <laughs> we'll go from there. Can I do one thing sportsy? Yeah, sure. Is this Julio? No. Is this Hawks? Yeah. I'm so excited about a playoff series, and I know why. I know why. I kind of divorce mentally from the NBA. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? Aren't you going through a divorce or something? When when Kawhi Leonard forced his way out of San Antonio, like that broke me cuz I'd never dealt with that. Of somebody who wanted out who was a prominent player, and that happens all over the NBA now. That's not a big deal anymore. But it broke me a little bit. And and I've I've I haven't been watching playoff series and obviously the Spurs have not been a big factor in the playoffs since then. Ding ding. I was going to say don't change the narrative. Your entire life basically you've known really good Spurs basketball until yeah, now, Kawhi now, decided now like to a, go. Now I'm like a 5 or 6 seed. Correct. And so that's or a 10 seed. That happened too this time <laughs> around. After after they after the veterans bailed on the on the season, they went, "All right, we're going to kind of fall apart on this thing." But this Hawks team is fun and I I find myself I'm not like some like like Hawks fan per se. I'm a fan of what is going on with the situation of a young star and getting giving the middle finger to an entire city of cretins and villains and assholes. See here, oh there you go again. That can't be played on Saturday. I'm gonna beep it. Um, here's the thing: we've known this Hawks team was fun though. That's that's the interesting. Part. We've known it. We've known this for 82 games. We've known this Hawks team is fun, but the national media hasn't known this Hawks team was fun. This national media knew that the Nets were a good team and the Knicks all of a sudden came in and they're the Mecca and everything else. And Boston was a good team. So they want to talk about those teams, but we've known for a while. This team is fun to watch. Hell, even when they lost, it's a fun team putting up threes with big Capella in the middle and Trey doing nutmegs and everything else. It is a fun team to watch. Here's my problem with the NBA though. To me, it's turned into March madness. I don't turn it on until May. I, I get that. I, I get kind that. of, you've diluted your regular season to an extent for me, especially now that we're letting basically 10 teams in the playoffs, that it doesn't matter until now. Until now. To me right now, what's going on in the NBA? Hell, you want to talk about Clippers and Mavs, or you want to talk about Hawks and Knicks, or anything else going on? It's turned into Thursday and Friday of the NCAA tournament to me, except for it's a two-week span of basically Thursday and Friday. By the way, my, my Kawhi dream of him not coming back to me, <laughs> But perhaps coming to Atlanta, that that's now a lie because the Clippers are falling apart. It's a, something wrong with the DNA of that entire organization. But there's nothing wrong right now with the Hawks. And so that is where my focus is. And so whenever you consume this podcast, maybe it's tonight, maybe it's tomorrow, who knows? Maybe it's 1-1 or it's 2-0. Either way, I'm just excited that when you start seeing the evolution of a young team getting better and getting these playoff wars going, it, it's a cool time 
for a city that I do care about. This is maybe something you can do a segment on later because, you know, they let you actually on the big station. I don't get to talk on the big station, but my biggest. What are you talking about? You talk with your fingers and you open up your mic whenever you want. <laughs> They're all just used to it. My biggest concern with in, this. In fact, your only fear is actually showing people that you actually follow sports no, and can talk about anything more I than don't Georgia. Follow sports. Or my, that you know baseball. Oh my, my God. The, my, the discussions you and I have <laughs> off the air. And then, you know, here comes Hudson, like, what is an opener? And you're like, oh my God. And then, you know, then he goes above his business over here. And so you have to basically. Now you're go taking like, shots at Hudson. We're never going to get on the air over there. That's baseball, Hudson. Hudson. That's the one I You want to crap about. on Buck now? Go no, ahead. No, because Buck is my baseball brethren. He's a former <laughs> professional player. Like, like when him and I have those discussions, we have those discussions. But you and I have those level of discussions. And then what I'm saying is Hudson walks in and we have to explain what we're doing. My biggest fear with this Hawks team, and, this is, and this is the wrong time. <laughs> this is not the time to do it because everybody is so high on the Hawks and we're having fun in the playoffs and everything else. This is going to be, in my mind, unless you bring somebody else in, and you mentioned it with the Kawhi thing, unless you bring somebody else in, you are going to be the three at tops. You're going to be the three seed or the four seed, and you're going to be the Josh Smith team, the Joe Johnson team that you're in the playoffs. How do you make that next step? And you did it one time where you were the number one seed with the 60-win team or whatever, and that was just built off of chemistry alone. You didn't have superstars. Tell me how this team makes that next step because I don't know unless you bring in a super friend. You can't be the Nets until you're a playoff team. You're right. Then people assemble and say, let's do it there. You can't be any of these franchises until Dwayne Wade is topped out in Miami with the current cast. But no, give me another team other than your Spurs team, which, by the way, they did it with a number one pick in Tim Duncan. By the way, you and I, as far as Golden State and San Antonio, are the last two teams that did it traditionally. And so nobody does it traditionally. And I know that's why you kind of built this team the way you did. You thought Trey was going to be Steph. You thought Herter was going to be maybe the clay, and he hasn't turned out to be that. So if that's not your step, how do you turn this into a super team? And I don't know how you do that. By the way, it's only a bunch of 22-year-olds right now. And so if we want to talk about like where let's, – let's talk about where the Sixers are. Okay, Joel Embiid is a 27-year-old man. Ben Simmons is a near 25-year-old. Like there's still a level that you're going to get to as you get older and better in the league. And will they get past the Nets? Well, that's where at some point you're going to have to start saying we're in a good position to where somebody out there who's disgruntled says, I want to go to that situation to cap it off there. And I guess that's my biggest fear is Atlanta's never been able to bring in that free agent kind of guy. That That is my biggest fear about this team. Is it fun to watch? And we should not be doing this conversation right now because this is fun and nobody should be poo-pooing what's going on. Man, I got a long-term fear that they're going to be that team. Oh, my God, this is too much sports. All right, when we come back, I'm going to have Hoyt try a game that then I'll take to the fan to see how well it works there. Follow the podcast, Mark, on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind-the-scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at The Podcast Party. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by... Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Aren't you going through a divorce or something? You told me to bring it up. Let's move over some update fun. So whenever uh, whenever I'm out, Dan Matthews jumps in. We always he sucks. Ap- we, we always appreciate when Dan shows up and does some work that's, for us. That's not who I was talking about. <laughs> no, I said that. So this is an update where Dan and when when it starts going off the rails, it's off the rails. I, I do it good once or twice a week. This was Dan's and it turned out to be really funny. This is the Fans Sports Center. From the Breda Pest Sports Desk, visit BredaPest.com. 
Got two new state champs. Good afternoon. I'm Dan Matthews. Up to the minute traffic is next. GHSA State Football going on over at Georgia State Stadium. Dublin taking Class 2A over Brooks County 42-32. Earlier, it was Eagles Landing Christian taking out what what was land 33 to 13 in class 1a private yeah i know right <laughs> got away from me there <laughs> is that wesleyan what 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 fun bag chapter 67 all brought to you by norman's electronics neiusa.com and hard ice vodka freezies which you can get in the battery right over a good game or, you know, any of your stores near you. I have not seen the setup at Good Game. Do they have, like, the juggy girl out front in the tight T-shirt handing out? No, just- actually, they just have – they they have – the times I've been, I it's hate- been their manager setting up with one of the bartenders, and then they, they're on the back cart. I hate women empowerment. And I love you women. I truly do. But we've gotten to a point now. I just missed the juggy girl that would hand out drinks. The cart girl, basically. Like, we all understand that when you play golf – most you know this. You want an, an attractive cart girl that's going to flirt with you, and yes. that's what you're supposed to have. But now we've, I shouldn't say empowered because that's the wrong word. Because women should have power, but we've gone to where you can't be sexist anymore. But guess who got the best tips on the golf course on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday in the summer? Guess why I couldn't be a cart guy at a golf course, and I instead had to get all the balls off the driving range, and I couldn't be out there because sex sells. And now we're past the point where sex doesn't sell anymore. What's weird about that? You remember, I'm glad you bring this up. You know how many, how many cardboard cutouts I stole from gas stations of like juggy girls with a Miller Lite like bottle and they're in their swimsuit and I just, you know, jerked off in my closet to them. Like that's the thing we're missing nowadays. That's different. I never thought that. But yeah, I can see where you would do that. Yeah, like a six foot cardboard cutout. You're kind of like Dahmer. Like Dahmer would have sex with mannequins <laughs> to kind of like take his urges down a notch. But you were using cardboard cutouts. But here's the thing about Dahmer. Then he ended up moving on to like, you know, actual men and killing them. But that's the thing. He wasn't killing when he had that thing to supplant him, basically, that would that would feed yeah, his control needs, his, his urges. desires. Right. And so I had that desire. Now what do I do? You're going to have to kill. I know. That's, 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 that's where it's all going. Fear. No, you, you talk about this, and, and we're in a weird place where women can be sexy, but don't notice and don't don't say anything and about it. just such a weird thing for and me. And don't comment on it, and certainly don't hire accordingly. It, it's all weird. Who's my girl from AT&T, Lily? Yes. Lily. And now, so originally during March Madness, the AT&T... By the way, we're way ahead on that because of her work on Silicon Valley. We were like, oh, she's she's a really good-looking woman. She was fantastic in that. And she was funny. She's and she funny. Was funny and looked good. She was in Maxim Magazine. Do people even still have Maxim Magazine, by the way? I don't know where you find that. Okay. Anyway, she was in that as well. You sold sex to... Not get where you are, because I'm sure you're talented. But, and everything it, was, but else. it was part of the package. Correct. That you were you were not only talented, you were funny, and you're sexy. And so now I see like Lily. This, it's almost like if Timberlake could only sing, we'd be like, oh, he only sings. But the fact that he can dance and he can act, you're like triple threat. But imagine if he showed dude. up out of nowhere and he's like, hey, I'm not dancing anymore because I don't want to be known as a dancer, and I'm just gonna sit here on a stool and sing. Like that's not what I came I like, here I was, for. I like part of what makes you magic is all these things. I remember specifically in Game of Thrones, and I know you went through Game of Thrones way too fast, so this might not stand out to you. Like you binge watched it. So yes, it I did. It didn't mean anything to you, but I watched it over like two weeks. When we started watching season one from from when it was released on HBO, and I had to wait seven days for the next one to come out. Sucker. And you just see Daenerys Targaryen and you see boobs and you're like, wow, she's really attractive. And you see more boobs and more boobs and more boobs. And then after season two, she's like, 
I'm not getting naked anymore. I remember when that was news. I want to be known as an actress. I don't want you to know me for my boobs. And I'm like, I respect you. I respect that you're a good actress. I still want to see some of their boobies. That was kind of part of the show. I mean, part of Game of Thrones is the sexiness of the human form and the grittiness and, and and some of the stuff that just goes along with it. So when Lily started showing up in these AT&T ads during March Madness, and I'm like, she's behind a table. They're not showing her bottom anymore. I, I, I was thought like, about that too. I, I immediately think I'm like, she's pregnant and they're trying to hide it because, you know, that's what women are on this earth for. They're just here to, you know, create babies and move on. And then she was like, no, I, I don't want people to look at my body anymore. Take me as a serious actress. And I'm like, Lily, baby. Like part of what makes you so much fun <laughs> is that is that – like your physical comedy, like when she would you know, like you know mess something up and be like, "Oops, sorry." Like okay, the current one where they have the whiteboard and it's permanent marker, and she's like, "She's like, oh, I'm just going to go get another one." I'm like, I'm "Like that's cute, that's funny," and I'm like, "Where's your butt?" I didn't ask where her <laughs> butt was. I just thought it was kind of funny. Why is it behind the table? Why is it why is your butt behind the table? I'm sorry. I'm just a, I'm just an animal. Look at me. I'm just a man. I'm just I'm just. I just I, need, I need these things. So I would like at Good Game to see like. A beautiful woman who is probably a good actress and good salesperson, everything and she else. Sings. And she sings and dances and does all that, but also she's like a female Justin Timberlake wearing a tight shirt and, and handing out frozen popsicles. Lots of copious amounts of alcohol. Okay, so this is a game we're gonna play. I just came off really sexist. This actually took forty eight seconds. I was listening to Nick and Chris today, and Chris did a pre record with Alex Anthopoulos. So they played like a portion of it today, and they'll play another portion tomorrow. Can I tell you the backstory on this? By yes, the way? please, please do. So he tells John Radcliffe, the producer, Domino, that is, he tells him, "Hey, I just got done with Anthopolis. It's twenty-one minutes." Which in radio, we're, we probably shouldn't play twenty-one minutes. We can do it in podcast world and everything yeah. else, but in radio, so they're going to break it up in two parts. What we call that is time spent listening, and it's much longer on podcast than it is in radio. Now, Big John goes in and he sees. He goes, uh, "No, Domino." This is an hour and 41 minutes. What? Domino goes, no, 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 it is, but that's just me and him just talking afterwards. So he did 22 minutes with Alex Anthopoulos and then did another hour and 20 where they were supposed to be off the record, and it was just them talking, which maybe we should just air that here. No, we probably shouldn't. We'd we get in trouble for We'd that? We'd get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> We'd get in so much trouble. You and I would both be on the street the next day. Braves are trading for this guy in July. This is what we're going to do. <laughs> Liberty Media, they suck. <laughs> All right, so here's a question that Domino posed to Alex Anthopoulos. Now, because we don't have interns anymore, or at least now, or I don't know. Are we allowed to have interns again? I don't know. Do we Me- want them? Remember when I was drinking with them and they stopped that whole thing? Yeah, but then they were sending me the the high school kids to work with for like two weeks. <laughs> yeah, because you're because so I was the responsible. I was the responsible one. <laughs> All right, so I decided because again we don't have any interns. I decided to type out this question. Okay. Now I'm going to hand it to you. Okay, we're going to finish off this segment with this. This is one question. This is one question. Okay. A total of 48 seconds. Okay. I want to see if you can replicate or at least get through how Domino would ask this question. I hand the paper to you, kind sir. Which, by the way, before I even glance at this, you know I'm terrible at reading. Yes, I know. Okay. But trust me, it'll just kind of add to it. Can I ask you about mental makeup? What's the responsibility of the team in terms of, and I'll tell you why we've talked about this, Ian and. Ian Anderson looks to me, I don't know if he's the most talented of the three young guys in Wilson and Wright. I don't know talent. You know, I can look at a, what the fuck is happening? You know, I can look at a fastball and I can say, oh, look, 
he's a three-pitch guy, and he's very young to be a three-pitch guy. I get all that stuff. I can make an assumption on that. But what about presence? What about the ability to stand on a mound? There's so many question marks. What about the ability to stand on a mound and know you belong? And I'll ask it this way. How much responsibility does the team have to try to put guys in the best place? Do they have to come ask for help? Is there, I don't want to call it, of course, but is there an ability to try to, what? To try to up that meter? Can you push that meter up? I know guys need time, but can you do something as an organization to have guys all of a sudden maybe change his ability to control presence during a game? (laughs) Oh, hell. I love when he asked the extremely long, convoluted, winding road question. So I believe on Nick and Chris, they call it chewing up scenery. Yeah, it's like a preamble, really. Holy God. Okay, can I ask you about mental makeup? That's the first line. Now, you could just read the last line after that. But can you do something as an organization to have guys all of a sudden maybe change his ability to control presence during a game? Yeah, I don't need any of this. And Here's the problem (laughs) with radio guys, though, and this goes... And we love him. This goes to Chuck. This goes to Domino. This goes to... They feel like they need to do the preamble to let the audience know and let the interview interviewee... The interviewee know that I know what I'm talking about or I know this is where I'm asking this Because from. there is... Okay, Chris does such a really good job with his hardball interviews. He, yeah. gets, he gets the best stuff out of whoever. He does have to show some of that. He doesn't have to show it in as many words, but he does have to show some of that to these guys like... Don Larson or whoever the hell else is dead that he's got in his bag just to get them to feel comfortable, right? Like, we talk about Dan Patrick to me, and I know you don't like Dan Patrick, and you don't like that show. You think it's a child show for radio. I just, it's okay. It's fine. It's not the worst thing. It's not the best thing either. I'm I'm in between. But to me, Dan is one of the best interviewers in our industry. I, I agree with that. Because he makes you comfortable. He makes, it doesn't come off as an interview. Can I just say, though, in my one critique of that entire show, He's interviewing seven producers as the show. He is, but that's not the part I'm talking about. I'm talking about when he's interviewing his guests. Solo, yes. If it's Barkley or whoever, he gets the most out of those guys humanly possible. We are God's gift to radio. We're never going to be on Saturdays because you continue to cuss. Yeah, you're right. But he gets the best out of his... Out of those people that he interviews. Howard Stern is a phenomenal interviewer, interviewee. I don't know the difference, but... You do have to make that person feel comfortable like it's a conversation. If it's just... Tell me about the makeup of Ian Anderson. Is there something the organization can do? That just Why comes... do you keep grabbing my paper, then throwing it across the I room? I want it. it. I was reading it. I need to use this throughout the rest I'm of the building. I'm crumpling it up. Calm down, baby, and you can print another one. Anyway. Do you realize how long it took just to write that thing out? I understand. You can make a copy of this. No, I, I, I burned it like the ships. I deleted the file. Well, that's a you I, problem. I, I wrote it out, and then I closed it. Well, that was dumb. Why yeah. would you do that? Because I don't want him finding it. My point... Because he'll never forgive and he'll never forget. My point... Oh, I've done worse than Domino. You're fine. My point being is you do have to add some validity to the interviewee, interviewer. Otherwise, they won't take you serious. Can I tell you that I also have another 30-second question that was just as wild? And we're going to... Do you want to do them both on the air today? No. I can't read. Like as a segment? I can't read. You want to do it during game day? I was thinking about doing it as like the 335. No, 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 no. Do it during game day while Domino's in there. 
I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, if you're gonna mess with the guy, do it to his face. Do it in front of him. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's nothing I wouldn't say on this podcast that I wouldn't care if anybody else heard. Yeah. You making fun of Hudson? You'd probably, you know, wouldn't do that in front of his face. What Me? are you talking I about? Would. We didn't didn't do him on the golf course. Yeah, I explained but the whole. We were drinking and everything else, so that's Dude, why I you explained did it. the Hodor thing to him. Hudson, Hudson. <laughs> like he hits a big putt. Hudson. Three putts. Hudson. Yeah. I did the whole Hodor thing to He's him. He's our big dumb animal, but it's okay. We love him. Yes. Yeah. There's a reason he only got one question right on Winchuck's dinner. And he went bounding along off to his next <laughs> He <thing>. was so <laughs> proud of himself, too, that he got her. I, I got one right. All right, coming up next, we'll finish up the audio fun bag. Will we? Hey, it's Buck here today with my good friend and vice president of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group, Stacy Ellis. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Buck. So how are things at Jim Ellis Automotive these days? Things are good. I mean, of course, we're still adjusting to the loss of my dad, who was running the business, and my grandparents, who founded the company, but we're finding our way. Stacy, I can't imagine that, that kind of loss in such a short period of time, let alone the impact on the business. Fortunately, we surrounded ourselves with a great team, so that really helps us a lot. Now, any truth to the rumors about Jim Ellis being sold? (laughs) We have no plans to sell the business. If anything, we're looking to grow. In addition to some new facilities, we're going to focus on what's worked in the past, making car buying quick, easy, and convenient. Well, speaking from experience, Stacy, I couldn't be happier with my recent purchase from Jim Ellis. That's great. Our motto is expect the best. Visit JimEllis.com. All the information you need is just a click away. Doesn't get any easier than that. Find your next vehicle at Jim Ellis Automotive. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. It's now time for a classic audio fun bag moment. Brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics. Looks like the sun is coming up, Chuck. Shades on in Dark Club. I think Chuck Dowdle's soul left his body for a moment, and then in peace. he got it right back. Because it sounds like he's he's dying, and then he sucks his soul right back in. Listen for Chuck Dowdle's soul. Where do we stand at Georgia with some of that as far as uh, getting started uh, immediately with Herschel Walker? Uh, what's holding us back on that? You know, I, I would. Uh, I can only tell you what uh, you know. The, the the biggest award handed out to any former student athlete at the University of Georgia is the Circle of Honor, and if you'll notice, Herschel is not a member of that because to be a member of that, you had to have graduated from the university. What the hell was that? Uh, <laughs> okay, you added that. That's not real. Fun bag, chapter 67, all brought to you by Hard Ice Vodka Freezies and Norman's Electronics, NEI USA, 
Radio.com. Because of the magic of radio while we were gone during that break, we went and did a radio show where, no. we, where we didn't curse. You did a radio show, and no, you did curse. No, I did not. You, you made it sound like no, I cursed. You said you went to go say jump shot and that jump sh- shot. I, but I did not curse. You, and, but then you decided you should have because cursed. of your editing that you would throw a beep in there. We and, all thought you were on the verge of cursing. No, I was not anywhere close to cursing. But I did notice, and we'll finish up the show with the magic trick that I was not aware that you had. Finger in the butt? No, that's not really a magic show. No, that's if it disappears, a, if it oh, disappears, well, look, it's, magic. it's it, gone. It's all gone. <laughs> it was here. Now it's gone. Where'd Hoyt's finger go? Oh, it it's, disappeared. It's, it's in his butt. Uh, no, a little bit different. So a listener sent us a tweet that had a, a baseball that they won over at a, a local promotion, and it had a signature on it, and it was supposed to be a, a former Brave, and that's all we knew. And somehow, and I, I think I get why, because you're the only man in this building that can read Domino. If anyone's ever heard of, like, trying to read a doctor's handwriting, that's Domino's. It's, I can't read it. It doesn't make any sense to me. And everyone's joked around about it for years. But for some reason, Hoyt is the only one who can read it. So you ended up deciphering what the baseball was and whose signature was on it. A.J. Przinsky. I don't know how more random you could get as far as a Brave that was here in, like, 2011. I have a gift. You have to – so I have to do with Domino's handwriting, too. He normally – I think I dolphined. He normally – Writes one big letter at the front, and then it scribbles. and then scribbles the rest of it. But it's the ups and the downs that you have to figure out. So if I can have, let's say it's Eckersley for for instance. There's an E. Granted, there's not many E's out there. Erstad, you know, Eckstein, things like that. But then you look for the ups and the downs. So like Eckersley, okay, there's a K. One third early in. It, it's just deciphering. It's a it was science. A, it was the same thing with AJ Przinsky. I have so many. I know you and Matt aren't like autograph hounds. No. I was an autograph hound growing up. So like Chuck collect baseball cards. You come over to my house and I just sorted the basement when I had my sabbatical or whatever. Um, I've probably got something over 350 balls that are all autographed in my basement. Really? And I've got like three. And by the way, these aren't autographs that I bought. These are autographs. No, you went and sought. I went out and sought out them and, and got them. The Problem is, and you don't do this when you're 12 or 15 or 18 or whatever, you don't label them at the time. So you have to go back and figure out, oh my God, who the hell's autograph did I get at this time? And here's the worst part too. Back then, I would just get anything autographed, whether it was baseballs or bats or pennants or whatever. Most of this crap doesn't hold up, especially with the pens that I had at the time. I have... If I just happen to have, you know, those rubbery plastic kind of baseballs that maybe kids play with, they're, right. they're softer. So if they get hit, whatever, it doesn't out. I got a Barry Bonds autograph on that one. Those things bleed after like a year. So I have Barry Bonds imprint, which by the way, a he very did, distinctive bees, right? Yes. Two right. big bees. And then normally the numbers are help too, but he doesn't sign for hardly anybody. And the fact that I got him, I was like, whatever I have sign this. It's two Bs, and you can see the scribble, but now it's bled over almost half Aww. the baseball. The ink has just gone out. But again, these aren't things... I know Chuck collects his baseball cards solely based on he's going to sell them one day or what the value is. Yeah. His are on value. Yours are on just you want to have a souvenir. Mine are just they take me back to a time where I skipped school that day specifically. I remember the game. I caught him outside after the game. I did... I don't know if the audience knows this. There was a time in my life where... And this is some of the reason why I did five and a half years of high school. 
in California, you start you school. You wanted to be a doctor. You start school much earlier. So going into my senior year, I had just turned 16 my first senior year. I had just turned 16. Yeah, I know. Everybody I, needs to. <laughs> no, I just needed to catch up to all the people. So everybody's like 18 at the time. I just turned. In fact, I was 15 when I started my senior year of high school, turned 16 in November. So I needed to wait back. So I knew I had a year to just kind of screw around with. Got kicked out of my house, went and lived with my aunt and uncle out in San Francisco. Bought season tickets to Pac Bell Park at the time, AT&T, whatever you want to call it. Paid $1,800 for season tickets. Never missed a game that year as a 16-year-old. And so I would just hang out at the ballpark, and I would miss the ferry on the way back getting home, and so I'd have to hitchhike my way back from San Francisco to Mill Valley, which, by the way, hitchhiking in San Francisco, kind of a sketchy thing. A little different. At, like, 1 o'clock in the morning, they got to a point they were like, why don't you just stay with your grandfather in the city? So he just gives me a key to his apartment. So I'm a 16-year-old now who's just showing up randomly in my grandfather's house at like 2 o'clock in the morning, crash on his couch, wake up the next morning, maybe go to school, maybe not go to school. But yeah, that's when I was collecting all my stuff. That's actually a pretty good story. So this, let me ask you this, because I have autographs from, from being a kid because I would go to, I'd go to shows, and I would just, you know, you collect cards when from like your 9 to 13. So that's where it started, by the way. They used to do, I don't even know if they do these anymore, where people just show up. I remember specifically Brett Butler's playing on the Giants. There was a car dealership that he was going to be out at. And so we didn't buy a car that day. We just showed up at the car dealership, waited 45 minutes in line, got a picture and an autograph with Brett Butler. Yeah. I still remember my father handing me to Willie Mays, and I was like, I don't remember it, but there's photos, and I have the autograph still. The Giants were going to move way back in like 84, I believe. They were, it was one of the times they were trying to move. Willie Mays is on a cable car, and they're doing a – it's not a protest, but like a rally. Like they're trying save, to promote, yeah, save our team. Save the Giants. Spend the money. And there's the stadium. There's two-year-old Hoyt wearing like a Giants T-shirt and a hat, and my father hands me to Willie Mays, and Willie Mays holds me up like Simba on a cable <laughs> car. We have that picture, and we still have the autograph. Granted, I didn't ask him. I was two years old, but he like holds me up. So, yeah, there, there's always been that collector thing in me that I don't think they do anymore. Not quite. Well, I, you know, you I've been out of the baseball game for the card time. shop though, yeah. and you would show up and on a Saturday from one to two, so and so is signing. Well, and a lot of times now, you're right. It's a it's a car dealership promotion. It's come on out and get this signature. Now there are actual shows where you pay for the the signature in advance. I, I so my biggest ones I have. It was always random guys though. It was like Luke Jackson and so and so will be signing. It's like oh, yeah. I didn't I didn't care. They played baseball. I got Mickey Mantle before he died. That's cool. Um, I, w- I went to a card show where he was doing that. And, and in fact, they gave. I, I had this print that I had bought. And the guy who was assisting him showed in the print and goes, hey, remember when we did these? And he looked at it and he was like, oh, yeah, I know. Those are really good. It was somebody had done like this uh, kind of like a mural picture of him hitting the baseball, you know, in a it just had this different lighting to it. With like three images on it where it's like no, hitting. Not, okay. not like that. It, but Like it a was, lithograph though. But it had to be something that was authorized by the player to do it. And he was like, oh yeah, no, I remember when we did these. And so signed that and had that. I remember I got, because I had a show they had, and this was like early 90s. I was like maybe like 10 or 11 years old. They had Ken Griffey Jr. and Sr. signing. So I got a little placard with both of them and had both their pictures and stuff like that. And so they both signed it. And the only other one I remember, and now that I look back on it, I'm like, that didn't work out well. Willie Mays was at a card show, made my my mom and my uncle take me because they were we were on vacation in Houston. The card show was in Houston. I was like, I won't go. So we went. Willie Mays, 
signed my 1964 Topps Willie Mays card, and as he did it, he then looked at it, and he just looks at the guy next to him. He goes, I think I fucked this one up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I can show you the picture. In fact, I'll tweet it out later. So Willie's autograph looks just like the number 44 with two squiggles on it. Yeah, like, it looks, that's what it, his legit automat- autograph looks like. I'll send you a picture. Not it even looks, close. It looks awful. Like, he legitimately <laughs> messed it up. Did he sign something else? No, it's just my card. Oh, okay. So I just have a card that has a messed up Willie May signature that if if there was anybody who was an authenticator would go, that's not his signature. <laughs> I'm like, but he signed it in front of me. I'm telling you he messed it up. I stopped collecting autographs, and so I have not, since this day, I have not collected anymore. Whether we had some lying around here or whatever, and I'll take home and I'll just throw in the bin and everything else. But, um... It was 2007. Giants had just signed Barry Zito to like the $125 million contract or whatever. I go to spring training, and I had never been to spring training. Everybody always said that's where you get the autographs is spring training, and you got to show up. Good Lord, we showed up at the clubhouse at like 5.45 in the morning, and you're just waiting there. And it's actually cold because you're in the desert still. The sun's not up and everything else. I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. Get Barry Zito's autograph, and he only signed one autograph that day, and it just happened to be mine. I'm... This is like your arms just holding out a ball and a pen at the same time, and you're hoping he grabs it. Someone grabs it and signs it. Cool. I got Tim Lincecum's autograph, who was just a – he had just gotten signed out of Washington, Mm -hmm. and he wasn't going to make the team, but it was just the invite. Got the autograph. I was so stoked. Lincecum, first-round pick, everything else. And I look at it, and I'm like, oh, my God. I just asked somebody that was younger than me. For an autograph. And that was the end? And it was at that moment I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. Like, it's time to stop trick-or-treating. It's time to grow, <laughs> it's time to grow up, little boy. <laughs> Peter Pan flew away. Basically, yeah. My heart was, I was like, holy God, I just asked someone, I just asked a kid for his autograph. Like, I'm one of those guys. And when I say those guys, because those guys were at spring training too, that had their books and they'd wait for everybody and they'd hand... They'd hand you a card asking for you to go get it signed for them, and they'd pay you 10 bucks if you got it signed for them. I wasn't going to be one of those creeps. You know what the the weirdest thing about working in this business, in this industry, is is that the guys you grew up watching and now you have a working relationship with, like I still get weirded out that when I text Tom Glavin, he texts me back, and he's always like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, I'm like oh, it's, it's going to go. How's the show? And we're sitting there yapping because he listens to the station, and he knows who I am, and I held him up as just a left-handed god when I was a kid. That part is is strange. That part is hard to kind of figure out that at one point I would have wanted his autograph, but now I have his phone number. Yeah, I can't text Tom Glavin anymore. Because you accidentally texted him one time when you were – what was happening? I was drunk, and I was trying to text Trevor, who's right next to, to Tom, Tom in my phone. And and so you thought you were texting Trevor, and instead you were texting Tom. texting Trevor about his wife – being a bitch and it wasn't Trevor. I did that to Mort too. I've done that to quite a few people on my phone, which is why I stopped putting celebrities into my phone. I don't need their numbers. I don't need more drunk texts. Well, take us out, little signing buddy. No, no. Tom, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. I still keep the text message. I should read it.
Hey, Matt. Guess what's in my hot tub? AIDS. I've got AIDS. I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. Boom. Big reveal. I'm a pickle. What do you think about that? I turned myself into a pickle. What are you just staring at me for, bro? I turned myself into a pickle, Morty. And? And? What more do you want tacked onto this? I turned myself into a pickle and 9-11 was an inside job? Was it? Who cares, Morty? Global acts of terrorism happen every day. Uh, here's something that's never happened before. I'm a pickle. I'm Pickle Rick! <laughs> Follow the podcast park on social media for live updates as new episodes hit and behind the scenes looks at all our shows. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at the podcast park. Hey, it's Buck here today with my good friend and vice president of the Jim Ellis Automotive Group, Stacy Ellis. Stacy, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for asking, Buck. So how are things at Jim Ellis Automotive these days? Things are good. I mean, of course, we're still adjusting to the loss of my dad, who was running the business, and my grandparents, who founded the company, but we're finding our way. Stacy, I can't imagine that, that kind of loss in such a short period of time, let alone the impact on the business. Fortunately, we surrounded ourselves with a great team, so that really helps us a lot. Now, any truth to the rumors about Jim Ellis being sold? <laughs> We have no plans to sell the business. If anything, we're looking to grow. In addition to some new facilities, we're going to focus on what's worked in the past, making car buying quick, easy, and convenient. Well, speaking from experience, Stacy, I couldn't be happier with my recent purchase from Jim Ellis. That's great. Our motto is expect the best. Visit JimEllis.com. All the information you need is just a click away. Doesn't get any easier than that. Find your next vehicle at Jim Ellis Automotive. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. You do that at FirstLibertyGA.com. And by the way, if you're a young banker and want to work with a team that is faith-friendly and has a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to them today. First Liberty Building and Loan. FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com.